It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Welcome to the 30th. A.K.A. the Corey Clements, A.K.A. kind of banned from the podcast, but I also kind of love Corey Clement, and I'm glad he's here. But he's also a Cowboys fan, but whatever. We'll grant him this right. It is the Counterpoint Podcast, the 30th episode of the Counterpoint Podcast, which I think is pretty crazy. As always, the Counterpoint Podcast is brought to you by BGN Radio and BGNRadio.com and BleedingGreenNation.com. That's grammatically correct and, and very smart on my part. Uh, on today's episode, we have Jack's headlines, of course. we got to get into Jack's headlines. We have a Howie Roseman, you know, we have a, a Doug Peterson big balls something. We have the, the Carson Wentz semi-chub meter. I have something for Howie. You guys have been asking for it. I love it. And I, find, I think I came up with the perfect one for Howie. We also have Jimmy Kemsky. So Jimmy Kempsey came on the podcast and and you know we we talked for way too long. It ended up being thirty minutes, which is like really long. But we get into some good stuff, some really fun stuff. So hang around for that. And of course we have the counterpoint mailbag. But we start with Jack's headlines. First off, it just happened today. So today is March sixteenth. Uh, it happened around like four o'clock. Vinnie Curry got released. And he got released because the Eagles couldn't renegotiate with Vinny Curry. And my only thing is, is if Vinny Curry was really an Eagles fan like he claims to be, he would have played for free. Because I know I would have. As a real Eagles fan, I would have played on this team for free. And I wouldn't have cared about the money. So I think it's kind of bullshit that Vinny Curry couldn't restructure his deal and come back here. He had to be greedy. A real Eagles fan wouldn't do that. I, I'm questioning Vinny Curry's commitment to being an Eagles fan. I don't buy it. I'm out on it. I don't believe it anymore. I'm out on Vinny Curry. However, uh, you had a nice year this year, but I'm also ready for Derek Barnett to come in and be a beast. So, Vinny Curry, thank you for, for helping us win this this world championship. And that's the thing. That's where we're at right now with this Eagles team is – the guys that brought us our first world championship are starting to get released, traded, and it, it it sucks to watch them go because in a salary cap league, in a league that needs or a, a league that is all about parity, 
losing these guys is just how this is going to work outside of your main core of, you know, of, of, of Wentz, Cox, Ertz, BG, Hicks, Malcolm Jenkins, Lane Johnson, Jason Peters, Jason Kelsey. Like, that's your core, but you're going to lose the, the existential parts around that core, and that's the part that's going on right now, and it sucks. Like, getting, like Torrey Smith being traded sucks. But also, uh, how we get, how we got a, a, a young cornerback with 25 starts under his belt and only $635,000 contract for a guy that he was going to release. So, like, once again, Howie goes full Howie, and I love Howie. Um, but, yeah, just because Torrey Smith is going to get cut. And, and everyone knows he's going to get cut. And for Howie to pull that off, I think, is just uh, insane. So, um, but in that trade, the Whirly guy they brought back is from Philadelphia. He's a Philly guy, which I was I was initially in on, but I'm now out on Worley because he said he stopped being an Eagles fan after they lost to the Patriots in the 2005 Super Bowl. Uh, what the fuck is that soft shit, Daryl Worley? They lose one tough game, and you're just out? You're not an Eagles fan anymore? You've moved on? Unbelievable. Out on Daryl Worley. However, the $5 million that they were going to just cut Torrey Smith for, I'm glad he's here. But, come on. Like, that's bullshit. Well, do you think, think Daryl Worley was happy they won this year? Or do you think he was one of those bandwagoners that just hopped? Listen, Daryl Worley, you can come on the podcast. You are not banned from the podcast. But you're not allowed in the fucking trust tree. Because the trust tree is for the real fans. And for you to be as much of a fraud as you are showing to be in stopping being an Eagles fan after 05, like, I think that's complete and utter horse shit. And if you're going to call yourself an Eagles fan, fuck off kindly. Uh, so, so Vinny Curry... Fraud Eagles fan for not playing for free, and Daryl Worley, fraud Eagles fan for stopping to stop being an Eagles fan after they lost in 05. Come on, like, like, what are we doing here? Another thing happened this week. Jack's headline number three, and cr- credit where credit is due. Matt Lombardo called this. Brent Selleck released. Matt Lombardo was the only one that was ahead of the curve and called. The Brent Selleck release. I mean, just the, the the foresight by Matt Lombardo to 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 consider the possibility of releasing a 33 year old tight end that had a four million dollar cap hit. I mean, just credit where credit is due. Just an unbelievable job. Uh, really strong foresight. But uh, Brent Selleck being released is another one of those where it's like that sucks. Because I love Brent Selleck, and Brent Selleck was a quintessential eagle. He really was. Uh, Brent Selleck was was uh, he kind of you know he went from being a pass catching ish tight end to just only doing the dirty work pretty much, and he would have that one big catch a year that would be super fun. But he also can't run well, and he would always get caught. But Brent Selleck was was a fantastic eagle. He really embodied what it meant to be an eagle, and I, I winning a championship for him meant a lot to me. To have a guy like Brent Selleck, who has been here forever, went to a NFC Championship game over a decade ago. Well, a decade ago now. To to see that guy who has laid everything on the line here, been super unselfish, to see him win a championship is really, really cool. So Brent Selleck being gone kind of sucks, but also it's just nature of the business. And he will always be a legend here. 
He will never have to pay for a drink in the city again. And we'll see you at the reunion. And I hope you play somewhere next year, because why not? You know, no one has to tell you when to retire. You tell them. Uh, thank you, Brent Selleck, for everything. I really, really appreciate it. And just shout out again. Matt Lombardo called that. Absolutely called that. The final thing is the Eagles signed Corey Nelson, who, admittedly, I had never heard of before. But the weird thing about free agency, and I don't know if I'm the only one, but I talk myself into every single player that I've never heard of into being a steal. And I talked him, I talked myself into Corey Nelson being a steal in about, you know, maybe two minutes because I saw one tweet about how he would how how the Broncos fans were mad that they let him go uh, because he was gonna play more this year and he's a he's a really good coverage linebacker and also Pro Football Focus had a really good rating on him. And the funny thing, the the, the thing I find most funny about free agency is that we spent all year shitting on everything pro football focus does. But then once it hits free agency, we see one pro football focus grade and it's like, Oh, steal. Look at look pro football focus said that this guy's really good. So obviously he's really good. Um, I just, I, I love it. it we, we're so, we're so, we're so hypocritical about pro football focus when it's a grade that we agree with. It's like, Oh, Pro Football Focus, genius, analytics, good. When it's like, when Wentz isn't rated high enough after a game, it's like, Pro Football Focus is fucking stupid. They don't mean anything. And then the Eagles sign a guy, and it's like, wow, steal. Look at what Pro Football Focus did. It's like clockwork. I mean, I do the same thing. I'm sure everyone here does the same thing. Like, we're, we're all on the trust tree. But I just find it hilarious. So, Corey Nelson's here. He's a steal. You heard it here first. Jack's headline number five is the Eagles signed Holodi Nada. This week to a one-year, $3 million contract. And obviously with Benny Curry being released, that's moving Derek Barnett or Michael Bennett in, along with BG on the other side, who I'm no longer really worried about being gone. That was, that was a minor freakout. And in the middle, you have Fletcher Cox and Timmy Jernigan and Haloti Nada. And I just want to give an, an update on how the rest of the NFC's quarterbacks are handling this. So, so I mean, I have inside sources. Eli Manning, uh, he threw the ball into the ground but actually, he just threw it into the GM's office, went and got it, told them to draft a quarterback because he doesn't want to face that line. Uh, Alex Smith, well, he's intentionally failing his physical so that he can just go back to Kansas City. And Dak, Dak's actually on spring break, and he's getting in another fight and just letting the guy just keep punching him in the face because just to get himself ready for what's going to happen on the field next year. Now, a lot of you guys have been asking me for a Howie Roseman kind of chub meter slash heavy balls weight uh, uh, scale. The Doug Peterson balls scale. Nailed it. Uh, And the Wentz chub meter. So I took it upon myself to come up with Howie strokes. Now, if you are familiar with the show The League, they had something called vinegar strokes which is the face you make when you're about to come, basically, and you're about to finish. And every time Howie makes a move or makes a trade that's just like him ripping off another team, I kind of had the same feeling. It's just like, Howie, 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 Howie. Howie strokes. Do you like it? Because I kind of do. Howie strokes. The feeling of Howie Roseman making a fantastic move is similar (laughs) to the feeling of when I'm about to finish. So I think Howie Strokes, I think it makes a lot of sense. Howie Strokes, Vinegar Strokes, Howie Strokes. 
I'm in. For the first time, we have a recurring guest on the Counterpoint Podcast. A little year in review of this said guest's year that he had this year. Uh, we're here with Jimmy Kemsky of the Philly Voice. Some say the bad boy of the Eagles beat. <laughs> uh, you can follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Jimmy Kemsky. But, but Jimmy, first off, congrats on not being banned from the podcast. I was starting. I had no idea that I'm the first recurring guest. Yeah, that well, yeah. Not- uh, well, I'm, I'm honored. You should be honored. And I was what, like the third or second guest ever? Well, I, I, I called you out, and then I set you up, and then you came on, and it worked out perfectly. So you were, <laughs> you were the first guest, and uh, you're now the first reoccurring guest. Cause we gotta, oh, we, look at that. We got we to gotta assess your 2017-2018 your season. I feel like I had a strong season, personally. I think you had a great season. How would, how would you assess your 2017-2018 season? It was strong, I felt. Um... Uh, Beginning with my, um, I did you know I do my yearly calendar in stick figures, and that was dead on. Um, and then you know during the season, I felt like uh, I had a pretty good handle on. You know, I guess this was going on in the front office wise during the off season, and then during the season, while the team surprised me on how good they were, I think they should have realistically surprised pretty much anyone with. Um, you know, that doesn't think that, you know, doesn't think, that, you know, com- like, that, that isn't a complete and total homer. <laughs> I think it surprised everyone. They, but, were, uh, they were not yeah, a dumpster I, fire. I, I feel like it was, I feel like it was a good story. It was tiring. By the end of the year, like, I was done. I mean, you, you add on those, those three extra playoff games and a whole extra week covering the Super Bowl, and I'm, I was ready to, like, I was, I skipped the Senior Bowl for the first year in, like, Six years, but that was a good thing because then they couldn't get that picture of you again. <laughs> that is correct. That is where that picture occurred. Uh, and for your listeners who have no idea what Jack's talking about, that at the Senior Bowl uh, last year, Les Bowen snapped a picture of Joe Douglas, and I was just in the background, and I couldn't possibly look more horrible in in a like my hair couldn't look any more. It, it couldn't possibly look more gray and my hair is graying for sure like i have some gray hair but the way it looks in that picture it's totally not like that at all but for whatever reason it just looked incredibly gray and i'm making this i have this face where it just it looks like i shit into my pants and just realized it like i like i have no shit control and i shit into my pants and then I just realized at that moment, oh, I just shit in my pants. Speaking, and that's what the picture looked like. Speaking, so anytime the Philadelphia Inquirer or the Philadelphia Daily News or Philly.com wrote anything whatsoever about Joe Douglas, it was the only picture that they have in their archive. So they had that picture up every single time that there was a Joe Douglas article. And there's enough of them. I mean, there, there's like, a, like, like 10 to 15 of them during the course of uh, between when they got that picture and then whenever they loaded up their database with more Joe Douglas pictures, but that picture has ha- like haunted me for like a year. I've said it for a while. Les Bowen is a snake. <laughs> well, he used to laugh at me because uh, he he was he, he would find like you know just being around like the Novacare complex or whatever. He'd be like, "Hey Jimmy, I'm sorry, but I'm writing another Joe Douglas article." <laughs> And Les- I knew, you know, we both knew what that meant. Was that you know, my horrible picture was going back up. 
Les Bowen. So I think you had a I think you had a good season, Jimmy. But thank you, my I friend. got I got one problem. Okay. Was that a smile in the Super Bowl press box? Were you being were you not being objective? <laughs> That's funny that you that you mentioned that. Because that thought actually went through my head as I was well, I didn't want to seem like, you know, uh First of all, I've never taken a picture in any way in any like NFL facility ever. So like, yeah, I've never like stood at the podium, for example, like by like for for a picture, like for you know before or after like a Doug Peterson press conference or something like that. Uh, I've never like stood in front of an overcare complex. I've never like stood in front of the stadium. At least you know since I've been a full time working journalist, that was like the first time I've ever taken that kind of picture and uh it's my twitter handle now too so, I know. <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm not that ashamed by it but uh i took a picture of uh jamie apodi and deuces rogers <laughs> and then one of the two i forget who, which one returned the favor uh for me well, I, I think I think I think journalist is a loose term now. Now that you're showing your your blatant bias towards the Eagles, <laughs> and and they're like the the Eagles, and this is unintended, but the Eagles logo in the end zone on the field is like right over my shoulder, so it totally looks like I'm being an unobjective douche. <laughs> so so like five minutes ago, before we started to uh, record this podcast, Vinny Curry got released, and yes. and I just want to say it. Vinny Curry says he's an Eagles fan. If he was a real Eagles fan, wouldn't he have played here for free? I know I would have. Chris Long did. Right. He's not even an Eagles fan. He's from Virginia. Vinny, right. Vinny Curry is is an absolute fraud. Maybe we should maybe we should just destroy him on Twitter. <laughs> That'll go well. <laughs> Although Marshall did just beat Wichita State, so I think he's uh I think he's having an okay day. Yeah. Well, aside from losing millions, he's having a good day. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Like I like Vinny Curry, but if we're, I'm not gonna I lose. I'm not gonna he lose was, sleep. He's a good guy in the locker room. Yeah, but like, I, like I'll take Derek Barnett. I'll take Michael Bennett, and I think Vinny Curry getting released. I was, if we're being completely honest, I was a little worried about Brandon Graham. I thought they might have traded him, but I feel like with bringing bringing Vinny Curry back or cutting Vinny Curry, then Brandon Graham is is safe. Yeah, I don't think I, th- there's been like a small faction of the fan base that like want to see him traded for some reason. Brandon Graham, we're talking about. Here. Yeah, yeah, and I never understand it. Like, what, what, what are you talking about? Why? Unless you're getting, I mean, if you're getting something great for him, sure. But I, I, but I even heard like people like saying he could be, he could be cut, like, cut. What? <laughs> like, really? Even after he just won the Super Bowl by forcing a fumble, like re- even now you want him cut or traded? So yeah, yeah I, think- I agree that 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 possibility is pretty much. Uh, off the table at this point. And they also brought in Haloti Nada. I'm just wondering, do you think the signing of Haloti Nada feels a little dream teamy? <laughs> I do know what you're referring to there. Um, I disagree. But um, Oh, you mean bringing in a third-string defensive tackle doesn't feel like the dream team? <laughs> it, well, he's be, a third defensive tackle, not third string. Third, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I agree. I actually think he's... Uh, He's going to be an upgrade uh, over Bo. Bo has, you know, maybe a little more upside, if you want to call it that, I, don't, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. He's been in the league four years. I think Haloti is a better player, though, although obviously much, much, much older and 
probably only going to play for one more season, but he costs three million dollars. Nothing. Like, yeah. I mean, it's not, Absolutely nothing. I like Bo Allen. I think he. Was, I think Bo Allen was important to the the culture of the team. Him and Chris Long had a really fun relationship. But yep. like we, Cody Nada is uh, has been one of the best defensive tackles in the league for the last ten years. Now he's yep. now he's part of our rotation here. I just think the defensive line is is on another level, even after last year, which is already on another level. They're going to be really good. And what he gives you is, I mean, what he does best is stuff the run. I think he can, you know, kind of push the puck and he's not like a stiff in the in you know the pass rusher but obviously what he does best is, is against the run and you look at the division the redskins don't really have a running back that uh they can be all that proud of but their offensive line is a really good run blocking offensive line you got the cowboys with zeke and you got the giants who could maybe potentially draft uh saquon barkley although their offensive line is still probably going to stink but you know well, they just let their uh, best one go so that's good What's that? They just let their best uh, offensive lineman go. If they wanted to draft Zeke, <laughs> it doesn't seem like a great idea. <laughs> and then they paid uh, Nate Solder $2 million <laughs> per year more than the previously highest-paid left tackle in the NFL. And Solder is going to be, at best, and maybe not even this, but at best, the fifth-best offensive tackle in the NFC East. I agree. So you so you are the you are the, the main critic of dumpster fires in all of professional football who who is a bigger dumpster fire at the moment the redskins or the giants i think it's the giants really yeah i do i would say that i don't know the redskins are just like paul richardson for 40 million dollars yeah it's a bad signing <laughs> <laughs> i like paul richardson too like, i think he's fine he not, i don't think he's 40 I million dollars worth. I almost, I almost like i almost wrote about so i did like two different posts of like it was three free agents who make sense for the Eagles and they're all like you know like really low level guys and people were like these guys suck it's like well you know what they don't really have much money so they're not like gonna they're not gonna spend a lot of money in free agency so this, this is what these are the kinds of guys they're gonna look at and <laughs> and I almost put Paul Richardson in one of those and I was like oh, they're gonna be able to afford him but I think he would have been a really good fit to replace Tory just because he's got the uh, deep speed. But yeah, you're not paying that guy. Like he's got 1,300, I think, uh, total receiving yards in his career in four years. Good. And granted, his best year was last year. He had like seven or 800 receiving yards or something like that. Six touchdowns, I think. But you're not giving that kind of guy eight million a year. I do agree that that signing is off. You know what? You know what? You know what signing was even worse. I think. And this is from the Giants, and not even Solder. Jonathan Stewart is done, and yeah. <laughs> they gave him they gave him a two year seven seven million dollar deal, which is a ton of money. But like, really, you're, you're like, why? Yeah, that's the kind of guy that you sign in like May. You don't like, and they they targeted that guy. Like they got that deal done the two days during the tampering period before free agency even began. Like they. They really wanted him, and they went out and got him. Did you watch him at all last I, I, year? Like especially against the against the Eagles, he looked totally cooked. I think it was, what was it, yards per carry, like three point three or three point four or something like that. Yeah, somehow Jonathan Stewart always ended up on my fantasy team, so I really, I really, <laughs> I really hate Jonathan Stewart. So I'm glad, I'm glad he's a giant now. <laughs> yeah, right. And then again, behind our garbage offensive line, 
what's he going to do? Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing with the Giants, right? They they bring in Mike Shula, who I think is absolute trash. They they <laughs> they, they committed to Eli Manning again, even though they're going to be number two at the, at the the top of the draft, which they usually aren't. So it seems like a good time to to take a quarterback. They're going to draft Saquon Barkley probably if he's if he's there. I don't know. Like they they could be so royally fucked, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I know the I know that the Eagles don't want them to take Barkley. So if you look at it from that perspective, then yeah. maybe that's not a great thing. But if who's he you're running behind, though? Fan, and you're looking at the Giants from their long term, you know, hopes of getting back to a Super Bowl or something like that. Taking a running back with the second overall pick is horrid use of your resources, in my view. Yes. I agree. So uh, let's talk about Howie Roseman for a second. Well, not for a second, because I got a lot of thoughts about Howie Roseman. First okay. off, do you think the key to moving up with the Eagles is is becoming a vest guy? Howie Roseman is a vest guy now. <laughs> Howie Roseman's a vest guy. Doug's a vest guy. Uh, Mike Rowe, I didn't know he was a vest guy, but then he showed up in that Peter King article. He was a vest guy, hence why he got the offensive coordinator position. Have you have you seen Deuce Staley wearing a vest, and do you think that's a reason why he didn't move up? You know, I hadn't even thought of Mike Rose being a vest guy, and I don't, and I didn't even see the Peter King article, like the what you're talking about with him wearing a vest. But I have seen him wear a vest before. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> so this is a theory that is, you know, you're springing this on me. I haven't had any kind of chance to mull this over. And now that you mentioned Doug too, Doug is a worn vest. Doug's a big so, time yeah, best guy. Yeah, you might guy. be onto something there. A lot like my Al thing before the season with Alshon. <laughs> it's, it's all about being ahead of the curve, Jimmy. That's right. No, this is uh, definitely something to think about. Thank you. So what's it? I, and, and, and to answer, I'm sorry to answer your question. I've never seen Deuce wear a vest. Well, listen. These 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 are the reasons why this podcast exists. Because the first, first rule about vest club: don't talk about vest club. <laughs> uh. Well, speaking of Alshon, how much of the Eagles' success this season do you think was predicated on him being called Alshon and not Al? 38%. Wow. It's not bad. It's better than 0%. Yeah. Did you see his Super Bowl? He kind of had a big day. He would have had... Okay, so he had the two big catches? Yeah. He would have dropped one of them. I agree. I agree. If he if he was named Al, he's not he's not reaching over, making a huge catch in the end zone, pulling it down... On a torn rotator. First, first off, if his name's Al, he's not even playing on a torn rotator cuff. Al is is measly being done for the year. Not Al Sean. Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, no point. <laughs> thank you. So who is better at his job, Howie Roseman or Sam Bradford's agent? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Sam Bradford's agent. I know. It's tough. It's tough. I gotta give it to him. Howie Roseman is fantastic at his job, but Sam Bradford, Bradford's agent. Like, I don't know. What do you What do you think that they show these teams to give him twenty million dollars? <laughs> do they Do they only show him? Do they only show his college tape and say this guy basically came out two years ago, even though he came out almost a decade now? You know what's funny about Sam Bradford's agent is, uh, two years ago when the Eagles traded up from eight to two. And Bradford essentially he never actually missed any practice time or anything like that. But he essentially went on strike. Like he said, he was, like he was going away and he wasn't going to come back because he was mad that the Eagles were drafting a quarterback, or maybe they already had at that point, whatever. But it was clear they were going to when they traded up from eight to two. And um, at that point in time, 
Eagles Twitter and Eagles media and Eagles fans were all debating the living shit out of the merits or lack thereof of Sam Bradford. And at the time, you know, the Bradford apologists kept pointing to the quote-unquote uh, last seven games. Oh, I love the last seven games. <laughs> that was the that was the new. Uh, he left the he left the field with the lead. That's that's right. The last seven games of the 2015 season, and then there were a lot of all, other like side arguments in favor of Bradford and why you give him another year, you give him another chance. You don't draft a rookie. You don't trade up, and you don't quote unquote mortgage the future for to trade a bunch of picks for to move up to get a quarterback, and. Um, uh, Sam Bradford's agent, who his, his name's Tom Condon, he went on some radio show. I believe it was on Sirius. And he just basically rehashed every shitty Sam Bradford apologist excuse like that I had heard that entire offseason. Like, my mind was blown. That, that, like, he was actually – and he went even deeper. Like, he went from, like, not even, like, last seven games. He went, like, last three games, whereas last three games, like, he really piled up a ton of yardage because one of those games was a meaningless game against the Giants yeah. where, you know, they were both playing their – I mean, the Giants were playing – the Giants were, I believe, they were in, right? Uh, yeah, they were in the playoffs. I think so, yes. Yeah. So, Wasn't that the Pat Shermer game? Yeah, so it was the Pat Shermer game where they, they piled up a lot of points. Oh, no, maybe the Giants were done, too. I don't know. But I think they were both done. It was a done. totally meaningless game. Yeah. And, and then the game before that, or two games before that, was uh, an Arizona Cardinals game. Where David Johnson where absolutely the Cardinals torched us. just blew them out. Like, just totally blew them out. He put up, like, a lot of meaningless, like, garbage time yards and touchdowns and stuff. <laughs> so, like, these are the games that he was pointing to as, like, a reason why... Um, the Eagles shouldn't have traded up to draft a quarterback, and that he was pissed that they did. And you know, they thought that you know they they were that Bradford would be the starter when they signed with the Eagles, or else they wouldn't have signed with the Eagles. And blah 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 blah. So he is like his agent either knows that he's full of shit, or is just as delusional as every other Sam, Sam Bradford apologist that's out there. <laughs> but apparently, he can really sell it. Because these dumb shit teams keep doing crazy things to get Sam Bradford on the roster. The Eagles trading a two and Foles, and then the Vikings trading a one and a four for him, and then the Cardinals, like, he just missed the season with a, like, it wasn't even an ACL tear. It was like, you can point to. It was just some mystery injury, mystery knee injury that just kept him out. Like, there was no. There was no, like, thing that happened to him. <laughs> Do you remember, like, week two, he was just – he may even play the full game. Do you, you, you remember what it happened was, with that? It was just like – All, this year? all of a sudden – full week two game for them? I just, I just remember that they were in Pittsburgh, and all of a sudden we started seeing these, these tweets pile in, like, <laughs> yeah, Sam Bradford mysteriously out. And then it was like, he's only going to miss like a game. And then he's out the whole entire season. I think it was, I think it was like some weird, mysterious knee injury that like they couldn't, they, like the tissue was just gone in his knee. <laughs> right. It's ridiculous. Right. And then they give him it's 20 million. Like when you're, have you ever, have you ever needed like new brakes in your car? Yeah. And like when you hit the brakes, you just hear, <laughs> like that's what was happening in his knee. Like, I'm sure. <laughs> so like, 
so again, he just didn't even have. He's, a, he's already a walking ACL tear to begin with, and then he just misses an entire season with you know shrug emoji. And the Cardinals are like, you know what? Let me give that guy twenty million dollars for <laughs> for a one year contract. Are you out of your mind? And and have to give up Tyron Matthew in the process. <laughs> right, they couldn't afford him anymore, basically because they made that because they signed him to that. Yeah. Well, I think I think Tom Condon. Only showed only showed the Vikings uh, Saints game from last year because that's that was peak <laughs> Sam Bradford. It was like he's going to play the most unbelievable game ever and then dump for the year. Yeah, imagine if he's yeah. healthy. That's I all. wonder if they. I wonder if he did that on purpose. Like he's like, all right, that's good enough, and uh, everyone keeps paying me despite my injury history anyway. So let's just pretend that I have his mystery knee injury, and then I'll, I'll just get paid again next year. He is a he's a true con artist. Another con artist, <laughs> another con artist, but in a good way, is Howie Roseman. So why do teams even pick up the phone anymore? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know how he gets some of these deals done that he that he does. And this latest one with Bennett, um it's that was really kind of like a full circle kind of deal yeah. because they traded Matt Tobin and a 7 to the Seahawks for a five. Yeah. Okay. So the five and seven in this draft, the 2018 draft, were involved in the Matt Tobin deal. Now, Howie trades that same seven and Marcus Johnson to the Seahawks for Bennett. Oh, no, no, no I'm sorry. They, they trade Marcus Johnson and that, that same five yes. to the Seahawks for Michael Bennett and that very same seven. So basically what he did was he traded Matt Tobin and Marcus Johnson for Michael Bennett. <laughs> like, you look, you look at it over the course of the two trades, which is crazy. I mean, what he does to these to these other GMs is nuts. And it's like the deal that he made with, I mean, I, obviously the, the crazy one, as the aforementioned Sam Bradford for a one and a four was ridiculous. Yes. And then I still think that the deal that he made – when he got rid of two players that they didn't want, and they were like, and really, if they just traded them for anything, it was it was more cap relief for a trade than a release. So if they had traded them for nothing more than like a kicking tee, then they'd have done it. And like with Kiko Alonso and Byron Maxwell to the Dolphins to move up from thirteen eight, moving up from like thirteen eight, that's like that's pretty valuable. It didn't sound like much. You're just moving up five spots. That is an extremely valuable move. Yes. So for, for him to get the Dolphins to agree to take on Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso for the right to move up five spots is incredible to me. I can't. Believe, I still can't believe he got that deal done. I can't believe he got a, a legit player for Torrey Smith. <laughs> right. He, he, they got a 23-year-old corner with 25 starts under his belt. For a guy they were going to cut. <laughs> For a guy they clearly were going to cut, yes. <laughs> I just I don't I don't even know why they pick up the like when he was away. They keep out putting these stories like, oh, we went and saw Manchester United and the Spurs and all these all these you know successful franchises. I don't buy that for a second. I think he was just collecting dirt on every GM in the league and just holding <laughs> them like he. That's the only way to explain this. Like he and Big Dom were doing like extensive background checks on on all these guys, and they're yeah. like. And they were like, how about uh, Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso and the 13 for eight? No? And I won't, uh, and right. I won't release well, those uh, photos. I'm just going to 
I'm just going to send you a screenshot of something real quick. And then uh, if the answer isn't yes in the next three minutes, then uh, you can kiss your job goodbye. <laughs> I think that's exactly what happened. I think that's plausible. Yeah. Could be. I think so. And even yesterday with Nigel Bradham. Why did Nigel Bradham sign that contract? Yeah, uh, it's not that bad. It's still two years, fourteen million. Essentially, I'd be curious to see what it, what what his market was elsewhere. I'd be curious to see what what other offers there were. I do know that he really wanted to stay. But he's I'd, only I'd really had success. He he's only really had success in Jim Schwartz's scheme, so I could see why he'd want to stay. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But also, he just really liked it here too. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy he's back. I. uh Without him, I mean, Hicks is such a question mark. Uh, now Kendricks, I mean, you think you said yesterday you think he's going to be traded. He's, I think he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, he, well, first off, I mean, congrats to, to Michael Kendricks because he's been traded every offseason for the last five years, <laughs> and this year, this year being no other. I thought last year for sure he was gone, and then, nope. <laughs> like I didn't think he was surviving last year. It always happened, but this year, this year is the year. <laughs> this yeah. is the year, baby. Fritz. Yeah, this is the one. Uh, who do you like more? Who do you who do you find more enjoyable, Cocky Howie or Cocky Doug? And I'm gonna say I'm gonna preface this by saying I'm glad that you made it out alive from the combine because Doug walking around in a Super Bowl <laughs> a Super Bowl Fifty Two polo like I was I was worried his balls were gonna knock you guys out. Like I I'm I'm, I'm very glad you guys made it out of there alive. Who do you enjoy more? Cocky Doug or Cocky Howie? Cocky Doug is way better. Yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah, no but doubt. Like, but, like, Howie is so sneering in Cocky Howie mode that it's, <laughs> I find it hilarious. Well, Cocky Howie, uh, I kind of feel like he looks at the reporters in a way that's like, yeah, what now, bitch? <laughs> like, like we were, like, rooting for him to fail or something. Well, he's not a football guy, so. <laughs> and I like I, I wouldn't put myself in that bucket, um, but uh, Doug for sure. The way he was walking around the combine, as you mentioned, <laughs> with all this Super Bowl Fifty Two gear on, was incredible. <laughs> I love I love cocky. He was like he was like a, like a professional wrestler, like strutting around with his uh, with a belt. So that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm glad you guys made it out of there alive. I thought he was gonna knock you, knock every great reporter over. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so last one before before I let you go. Um, are you joining the athletic? Are you next? <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, uh, I have a very, very good. I mean, the, what I get away with is kind of unreal. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but that's what makes it fun, though. Like that's why it's it's fun to follow you. I don't know if I get away with what I do. Anywhere else, really. So they, you know, they, they, so they treat me good, and they, uh, and they let me do whatever I want. So I don't think I'll be joining the athletic. That's good. Jo- that's good job by them. I'm glad they let you do what they want because I, I, cu- I couldn't handle a censored Kemsky, honestly. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, but yeah, I've been, I've been very lucky in my in my career. To, I agree. Uh, join up with those guys well read them every day the philly voice jimmy kemsky congrats on on not being banned from the podcast and being a reoccurring guest you had a great 2017 2018 season you can call yourself a world champion uh and just just make sure you don't smile on any more press boxes because i don't know if i can take you seriously as a journalist anymore and and likewise on the uh on the phenomenal 
2017-2018 seasons yourself, my friend. Yeah, yeah. You listen to every episode of Counterpoint? I have not listened to every episode, but oh. I have caught a few. Oh, well, that's cool. Well, thanks, Jimmy, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, Jack. So shout out Jimmy Kemsky. Uh, thanks for coming on as always. And let's move on to the mailbag, which you can always email at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. Uh, let's get into it. So from, oh, is this the first one? From Matthew Trader. Uh, Jack, any update on how a diseased Eagles fan can immediately identify another diseased fan and more importantly, uh, how to in- instantly identify the casual go birds fan who can't name our second round draft pick last year if their life depended on it. So I don't know. I think Howie strokes might be, might be it. Do you guys like Howie strokes? I think Howie strokes might be it. We'll get Bartra on it. We'll see if he likes it, but Howie strokes, maybe we'll get a shirt. Like, ask me about Howie Strokes. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But I think Howie Strokes might be it. I like it a lot. Uh, if you if you agree with me, uh, email me at Jack... Or not email me. Well, you can email it here or tweet me at Jack Fritz WIP. And the Go Birds thing, it's just going to be awkward. It's always going to be awkward. Um, a few years ago, during the highly depressing general election of our country, I started saying to my dad and brothers that Howie should be president of the United States. Now, every time Howie truly abuses another team's GM, we text each other, Howie for president. I would like to invite the counterpoint truster to use Howie for president as our secret verbal handshake thoughts. Um, I don't know. I like, I like, I like Howie strokes better, but Howie Roseman, I tell you what, he would rip off some other countries like Howie Roseman. Like we would get so much oil just in these trades. Be so much winning with Howie Roseman. Um, from Jack Cole. Hi, Jack. Love the podcast. Listen to it every week. I'm convinced Howie has nudes of every GM in the league and blackmails them to pull off these crazy deals. Also, do you think the Browns will win a game next year or maybe even two? Let me know. I think Howie has – I said it on, I said it with Kemsky. I think in his year away, he, he was not studying other teams. He was not doing any of that bullshit. I'm calling – Calling bullshit on that. Stay woke. Because I think that Howie was just getting dirt on every single GM in the league. That's what he was doing. And that's why these guys are just paying him hand over fist like for just insane amounts. I just, I don't get it. So, yeah, no. Howie was, uh, is 100%. There, it's something on every single GM in the league. Because nothing else really makes sense. From uh, Guido? Gabby Guido? Uh, Shedders. It's an interesting name. Uh, hi, Jack. Thanks for hosting the best podcast on BGN from a fellow disease Eagles fan all the way from the Netherlands. During the season, I got engaged with my now fiance. I was thinking the engagement had to go when Carson went down, but I didn't. And now I'm wondering if I should delay the wedding. Just hoping that the Eagles go on another Super Bowl run because I'm still engaged. Right. Well, I mean, me and you are in the exact same boat here because I too got engaged during the season. And as an engaged man, I won the Super Bowl, and I too was a little worried because Carson went down while I was an engaged man. So I thought I was going to have to call off the wedding. Um, I am not calling off my wedding at this time. I think we're going to keep it on for now, um, and maybe I'll take some more risks in life because I have my Super Bowl. But I mean, the fact that we went from a confidence of being dating to engage losing our quarterback but winning the Super Bowl, that's a pretty big jump. And things didn't change too bad. Too bad. So but 
Now, here's the key. Keep that ring on. You got to keep the engagement ring on because once that engagement ring went on, we also got our ring. So as long as the ring is on, I think we're okay. Uh, Climbing in the trust tree now. After your first episode, I vowed to not listen to the CounterPoint podcast anymore. I really didn't like it. Now, on the other hand, I love it and I miss it when there isn't a new episode available. I also never rated the show, which I now regret and promise to finally do, but maybe I won't. <laughs> Sounds like you got some commitment problems. I'd be worried about your wife. I'm just kidding. Uh, I should keep doing that. So, uh, yeah, definitely rate us on iTunes and leave us a review because why not? And uh, if we get to 1,000, John Barcher is throwing a pizza party, and you have to fly in from Netherlands. That's that's the agreement that we have. Also, did anyone else like hate the Counterpoint podcast and then come around to it? I mean, we're in the trust tree. I don't care. I mean, I'm just kind of doing the show, but I don't care if you didn't like it at the beginning because I understand. It's, it's, Counterpoint is not for everyone, but I think it's funny when people are like, yeah, I hated it, and now I love it. Does anyone else feel the same way? I'd love to hear from you. I think those stories are fun. And getting back to the email here, I do actually have a question for you. Being in the Netherlands, I'm really excited to hear the Eagles, not Philadelphia, <laughs> are playing in London next year. I now have the tough choice to either go with my now fiancé slash then wife or with my football friends. My fiancé would love to go on a romantic weekend to London but hates any form of watching sports. My football friends are no Eagles fans. One of them is an outspoken Patriots fan. Uh, what to do? Hmm. You know, I'm kind of in the same predicament because Jill wants to come next year to London. And it also might double as our honeymoon. So, like, a honeymoon slash Eagles trip to London sounds pretty dope, but it's also the Eagles in London. So, you know, I kind of want to live in the moment with my Eagles. Me and you are in a tough boat here. We'll, we'll, We'll figure it out together in the trust tree. Sounds good. Uh, from Andrew Johnson, as a believer in the trust tree, I need some guidance. My birthday was December 3rd, the day of the Seahawks game. And of course I got a Wentz jersey for my birthday and the first game wearing it, we lost. Then the following week I wore my jersey again and the prodigal son was injured. And from there on out, I didn't wear the jersey and we won the Super Bowl. Does this mean I shouldn't wear this jersey for the foreseeable future? That jersey should be burned. Andrew, burn it. It's a curse. It's a devil. Burn that fucking jersey. You are not allowed to wear it again. You can get enough. This is what I'm saying. Just stop buying jerseys of players that are currently on the team because bad things happen. At least they happen for me. I I have vowed on my grave that I will not buy a Carson Wentz jersey because I want to see him live. And I'm terrified of owning a Wentz jersey until he is done in this league and on the Hall of Fame stage. Because I don't want anything bad to happen to him. I am horrible with jerseys. They don't go well for me, so I, I just burn it. Burn the jersey. Now, moving on to Twitter. From uh, at Smarty Jones, at the Smarty Jones, uh, why is it the Eagles are the only NFC, t- NFC East team who seems to realize that the cap can be manipulated? Not that I'm complaining. Yeah, I'm not complaining. So I don't like that you asked that question because what if David Gettleman or Dan Snyder or Jerry Jones sees that tweet and they're like, wait, what? This can happen? So we're just going to bury that. We're going to dump this whole part. We don't want anyone else to know what we know. Uh, From Brandon Allen at B underscore Allen 91. Should I I unfollow ESP? His takes aren't hot, but they're obnoxiously stupid. Should I continue to follow him or get a different perspective and continue to strongly dislike him? So 
Um, yeah, ESP had a weird week. He was like getting real like you know into it with the whole Haloti Nada, Nada as a part of the Dream Team and and other stuff. I thought ESP had a, had a good year. Then the offseason happens, and he goes back downhill. So, I mean, follow him during the season. Offseason is a little rough. Also, he's not a bad guy. So, yeah, not that strongly disliked. Uh, from Phil D at Philly Philly 28, which offseason move have you disliked the most? The offense, the offseason move I've disliked the most is the fact that, that Nick Foles is still here. I want him traded because I want to keep the window open as long as possible. And trading him, getting draft picks back, getting that cap relief allows them to not only sign free agents, but also gets them another cheap uh, player on a rookie deal and hopefully the top two round picks. So I'm pretty upset that 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 Nick's here, but I also trust Howie with my life. So all good. Speaking of that, uh, at It's All Good 2018, what is the Howie Roseman confidence meter at so far this offseason? I mean, it's it's tough for me because do I trust Howie more or do I trust Doug more? I don't know. I think I trust Howie more. I trust Howie Roseman with my life. The guy knows what he's doing. He is so smart. The 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 Howie strokes. There's going to be so many more Howie strokes this offseason. I can't wait. I, the Howie Howie Roseman confidence meter is through the roof. It couldn't go any higher. I trust him with everything. No matter what's going on, I don't care. He's got it. And finally, from at Neil Dutton thirteen, our friend Neil Dutton. Neil says, uh, "Let's see." My friends don't like me using dilly dilly in our group messages, but the Eagles won the Super Bowl, so I'm going to keep saying it. Keep saying it, Neil. Dilly dilly. <laughs> so my question is, Italian, Chinese, Indian, or Mexican cuisine? Uh, is it cuisine? Cuisine? Cuisine. Sounds good. I love Mexican food. I really love Mexican food. I think it is... I've never had a bad Mexican meal, because I like mixing it all together with the chicken and the beans and... And the tortilla, but like the reason I love Mexican food is I'm on a really big sour cream kick, and I love the sour cream mixed with everything. So I'm going with Mexican food, but I love, I love, I just love all food. Like I can't. People always ask me like, "What's your favorite meal?" And like I don't know. I like them all. All of them have their great perks. So I like all food, but I really, really like Mexican food. So that's gonna do it for the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by BGN Radio, BleedingGreenNation.com and bgnradio.com. Sounds good. Uh, I'll be back next week with episode 31 of the Counterpoint Podcast, which I promise probably won't be the Byron Maxwell, the Byron Maxwell episode. But uh, thanks for thanks to Jim Kemsky for joining me as always, and I'll be back with another special guest next week. What, your second record, and it's the song you wrote. Uh, yes, I write.